Hey, I'm David Greenwald. And I'm Damson Nicola. And this is Pretty Little Grown Men. And we're back. Uh, this week we are a little late. We're sorry. Yeah. Uh, we had just stuff come up last week, unfortunately. Uh, Dom got a new house, which we are inside right now. It's amazing. We are inside of the house. We're, we're inside of that. The, the podcast <laughs> is coming from inside the house. Uh, yes, we're at my kitchen table, uh, which I it was the first time in my life I ever hired someone to move. Yeah, it's it. a good. It's a. It's worth it. It's a good idea. Yeah, you just basically stand by and watch someone do all of this work that you previously have done many, many times before, and you can't help but but feel like you're pretty useless. <laughs> um. Well, we just caught up on Pretty Little Liars episode season seven, episode seventeen, and this is going to be two pods in one week because we're going to watch episode eighteen tomorrow. Yeah, this is it's Monday night, um, and uh, so it's uh, two full nights of Pretty Little Liars. Yeah, so hopefully, you know, if you heavy sigh, I don't know if you're going to have time to listen to both of these episodes this week, but we'll try and keep them maybe. A little shorter. We're, <laughs> we're not good at promising that, as you know, long-time PLL, PLGM listeners. Yeah, I think whenever we intend to keep things short is when we usually drag it out. Yeah, then it's like 95 minutes later, like, oh, yeah, well, okay. <laughs> Here we are now, talking about Captain America for some reason. Uh, getting past that brisk intro, this episode is called Driving Miss Crazy, which, as far as I can tell, has nothing to do with anything in the plot. Uh, how about the scene where Mary Drake surprises Spencer in the car? Spoiler. Oh, you're right. I take back everything I just said. That makes perfect sense. Um, sorry. <laughs> I love when people on, no, you're right. I love when people on the show, uh, do something pretty, actually, you know what? This might've been like a sort of a perfect encapsulation <laughs> of the, of Pretty Little Liars in general in this episode where, um, we have two instances, actually a few a few instances of people doing really horrendous things and then sort of expecting to be forgiven shortly thereafter. Uh, like, you know, the, the, the scene that you're describing that led to the title is basically Mary Drake hiding in the back of the car. And instead of saying, like, Spencer, I'm in this car, she has to, like, sort of do this weird kidnapping kind of thing, like, cup her her hand over her mouth and tell her to drive. Right. Which, and then it's just like, oh, no, this is a pretty, like, uh, innocent visit, and I just needed to talk to you. But it's like, then why why do you have to, like, jump out of the back seat? And yeah, why, why are you living in secret and living on the run or whatever? Like, because cops are after you? Because this is just what you do. Because you're a crazy person. Are cops really after her? I don't think she's part of. Like, she's not under investigation, is she? I can't remember anymore. I feel like the only reason she's hiding is because she's going to be implicated in the murder, right? Of uh, Mrs. D. Um, but I think that that's like a pretty nice encapsulation of the way that generally heinous things happen on this show, which. We finally get Ezra basically, I mean, I, I I hated the scene, but to finally have him basically just admit like, I don't, I don't know if you can, I don't know how you can forgive me, but I understand if you can't that, you know, I basically stalked you and your friends uh, and emotionally manipulated you and violated your privacy for years in order to write my book that I never wrote. Uh, but but his explanation is, but also I fell in love with you, and how like how are you going to trust me now? That scene, and was, I just want you to forgive me, Arya. Why can't you just forgive me? That scene was extremely weird. Uh, okay, let's talk about Ezra and Arya in this episode because I thought Ezra they were trying really hard to make Ezra be like fun and cute, which like was weird. Uh, I sort of understand. It feels forced. Yeah, it just felt really forced, and it's like they're at. They the episode opens with them trying to learn to salsa dance and Arya is just not really feeling it because she's being dark Arya and like reeling from the feelings that that is bringing out mm-hmm. of having to, you know, be this force of betrayal. Although, Dave, she 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 was dark Arya because dark Arya was competent. 
Uh-huh. Now she's emo Arya, which means that she's just that's, sad and bad at what she does. That's true. That's true. She, she's transitioned. It's not really fair to call her uh, Dark Arya, although she does throw on the hoodie in this episode. That's right. She does. Um, but yeah, so you had this sort of forced dynamic of, well, Ezra like being done with his like returned ex-girlfriend situation right. and like trying to be a good fiance. We said basically. goodbye to that situation. Right. So We're that's saying a lot never, of goodbyes. Yes, we are. Uh, so he was just, you know, acting in this sort of exaggerated way, mm-hmm. and Arya is not responsive to it because she's like dealing with her own stuff that has nothing to do with him. And then he takes it in the episode that we find out uh, she wrote like a report, like a police report. We finally find out what's in that file. Yes, we find out what's in the file, which is that she was going to basically put Ezra in jail for being, you know, a rapey teacher. Be- being what he was. Yes, exactly. So the show finally, like, dealing with the fact that what he did was a criminal a criminal thing and it was really bad. Yeah. Uh, in that same episode, he brings it up out of nowhere. Uh, like, oh, you're not trusting me or you're feeling weird. And as opposed to, like, making it about Nicole, which is what it would obviously be about, you know, right. if there was that situation. He says, let's go all the way back to when it was weird in high school that I took advantage of you. But now we're getting married and I think everything's cool. Don't you think it's cool? It's yeah. like, were you supposed to, is the takeaway supposed to be that, like, he's having a revelation or he's a D and he knows that this is stuff is in play? Because I don't think the show was trying to do that. I thought it was just, like, sloppy writing of trying to bring it up Mm -hmm. out of nowhere so that he would, you know, so that they would have to deal with it together for when the file comes out or whatever it is. Well, I think that the the show, the show knows itself and its audience and its many plot threads enough to know that there are certain things it has to eventually uh, confront. And I think that, you know, despite the fact that fans in general don't see that relationship as problematic i think that it still would they'd be remiss not to at least confront it and have it be a point of like agreed upon uh contrition on the on the fact that or on the part of ezra that he's like you know he's he's paid his dues he's a good person now right he deserves Arya's trust because he's in love with her right um i think that really gets to the heart of what we don't like about all of these relationship mm-hmm. returns these like circling back to the status quo yeah uh is that all of them sort of have these like oh well this person did this and so now it's okay you know like with uh hannah and caleb where okay they erase this evidence of spencer to help protect her and so now it's fine that caleb pretty much bailed on spencer uh, to go be with Hannah for whatever reason, and now is like super into Hannah again, yeah. even though their breakup was extremely like authentic. Yeah, and they grew apart for real reasons. Well, it's this bullshit uh, cop out, which is that love conquers all, and so as long as you love each other, then all past sins are forgiven. Right. Um, well, and the same conversation too with Mona and Emily, who are like sort of the instead of being Emily and Arya being detectives it's mona and emily and you see how the dynamic sort of shifts mm-hmm. with that uh wait but f- full yeah, stop no, no. though go ahead mona mona being back was fucking awesome yeah she that was, was great. The, the great the, that was that was worth watching this episode for just to get some classic mona in there yes finally Ugh. um but it's the same thing where the show sort of goes out of its way to be like of course these people should be together mm-hmm. by mona saying to emily you can say i love you on the phone with Allie. Yeah. Like everybody's known that since we were brownies, since we were little kids, right. you know? And it's just like, so is this now just normalized that they're getting together because of this like reproductive Reprodu- violation, violation. Yep. that's forcing them sort of to be a couple, even though mm-hmm. they have like, you know, years of stuff to work through where it, I don't know. It's just, it's, just, and we've never seen Allie uh, with another woman. Mm-hmm. So there's like these, which, you know, of course she was with, been with Emily, so that's not a problem or whatever. Yeah. But, like, just the fact that she should co- maybe be grappling with her identity or with, like, <laughs> right. coming, coming out or, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's like, that's something that the show maybe should be dealing with. And instead, it's not. It's just like, oh, yeah. They're in love now. They're in love now. It's fine. Well, I mean, which is, which is, 
I don't know, maybe that's actually nice that they're not making a fuss over that or not creating any like sort of tension around it, but no, it just doesn't feel realistic. Right. I think that, I, I think you're right to say that Allison is a character whose identity has been in flux mm-hmm. for, you know, two decades. Uh, and suddenly she's coming to grips with who she is and finally, you know, having some closure to these struggles that she's had for so long. And it's just sort of accepted. It's not, there's no, there's no emotional fallout or emotional dynamism to anything that's going on. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, also, the fact that that Mona, I I really like how Mona's all gung ho and basically just telling Emily like, "Come on, let's go," but the show doesn't want to in any way confront the fact that the same violation happened to Emily, and she's literally re-experiencing the trauma by going through this whole like detective rigmarole with with Mona, and right. she's yeah. I mean, like I don't know if if uh. She, uh, Shay is playing her as someone who is like befuddled by the trauma that she's re-experiencing because she is pretty like uh, blank and kind of strange throughout their uh, interactions with um, the with the doctor. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like it's almost played for like this sort of like good cop bad cop thing where you know there there's like. It's not it's not brought up that it's a bad thing that Emily has to be the one who's doing this shit. Right, that's a great point. You know. So Yeah, I think the emotions of this floating around in this episode are super weird just across the board and we were talking about this before the podcast a little bit that this is a show that is essentially a teen soap opera and so it has to bring all these character arcs and all these relationship arcs which are sort of their own characters in the show it has to bring all those to like a satisfying conclusion right Mm -hmm. and we only have like three episodes left to do that four counting this one and what seems really weird to me is that the show is almost prioritizing those over the mystery element Uh, and so you're getting all this emotional stuff with even like Spencer and Mary Drake which where the relationship is taking precedence over the plot Um, and the sense of fear or tension or suspense or any of those sorts of things has kind of been sucked out. It was not present in this episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, really the only wild moment was when um, Mary shows up in the back of Spencer's car. Yep. And I was like writing down in my notepad, whatever the previous scene was. And I looked up and I was like, Oh, holy shit. And, and the, the, the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. With um, the Mona reveal, the Mona, the Mona layer, the new Mona layer. Yes, I love that. Um, that was great. I mean, that but, was the only other like surprising, like whoa. Uh, I mean, even like all of this, all the developments in this in the Hastings family. I don't know. At this point, I kind of don't care anymore. Well, right. I guess the the big so the big reveal is that Arya drops a phone with a recording into Spencer's house, and it's a tape of Peter Hastings talking to. Uh, Mary Drake. No. Or yeah, talking to Mary, uh, basically admitting... At the, at the, apparently at Radley. Yeah, I guess so. She said it was at the hospital. Right. Because that's another thing, is, is Spencer is in the car with Mary, and Spencer's basically just like, what the fuck was that recording? And Mary's explanation, as so many explanations on the show often go, is very perfunctory, and it's just, well, uh, that was they pro- the hospital probably recorded us. They did a lot of bad things or whatever. I don't remember what the quote is, but right. it's basically essentially saying like the hospital probably recorded us because even when we were watching the episode, you, you even said like, how, where did that recording come from? Did AD like, was that a phone conversation that the that AD recorded or something? Yeah. Um, apparently it was at the hospital. Right. So I guess Peter Hastings went to Mary Drake at the hospital. Uh, I don't I don't exactly get what the point is. Like he he revealed to her or she found out that he was he and Mrs. De Laurentiis were trying to kill her. I guess Peter and Mrs. D were Peter got the pills that Mary was going that uh Mrs. De Laurentiis was going to use to kill her sister because they had the same medical medical condition. Medical condition. Right. And instead Mary uses them like the horse tranquilizer. I can't remember what it was, but it shows up in like Spencer's like uh, the, in the shed later. Mm-hmm. Right. That's how we found out about it. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, 
but so he was going they were going to use that to kill Mary and instead Mary intercepts it and uses it to kill her sister and how does that even happen? Yeah. They don't even explain how that could possibly happen. Well, the show just has this weird habit of murders that are justified and this happened at the end of season five or five B when we find out that uh Mona killed Bethany Young by accident. Yeah. And Spencer's like, Oh, it's fine, whatever. Yeah. Who who cares? Right. So Spencer is like the big forgiver of murder on the show now, which is a, kind of a weird vibe. Yeah, and Spencer just doesn't seem to f- to think it's a big deal that Mrs. D was murdered. Yeah. By her fucking sister. Yeah, and by like the woman who's her mother. Yeah. Who, who has spent her life like in institutions and committed murder and like lives on the run, you know? I know. Well, I guess maybe, I mean, like, what would Spencer's acceptance be besides that, well, she thinks that, like, institutions have done her mom wrong, her, her biological mom? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just so, now that there's, not that there are three episodes left, um, I get this feeling with any show that's coming to an end where you just, feel, you get that feeling that they're just like rushing things mm-hmm. that, that, that they're tying up ends the best way that they know how. And except the, the, the worst part of this episode is it felt like the, their priorities were all out of whack. Like instead of making this, the solution to this mystery feel be- like what you said, like instead of making it feel believable, yeah, we're doubling down on excruciatingly stupid scenes with Caleb and Hannah. Right. Um, well, it's like, I hate all the relationships. Yeah. They uh, suck. All of them fucking suck. Yeah, they're all bad. None of them are, like, justified. None of them are earned. No. And the fact that they all had other ships in the last season, or even in this season with Spencer and Fury, like, the fact that they're all just... It, it kind of spoils these returns, because you see them with these other people and then pretty much everyone acts like a jerk to get out of those relationships. And it's like, so your reward is to go back to the person you dated in high school. Well, also it's like, it's sort of is like uh, assuming that it's okay to act like a jerk as long as you end up with the person that you're supposed to end up with. Right. Like, Which, you know, it's like, and also the show is sort of like by having Caleb go on this like dumb fucking monologue with, uh, with Ashley Marin and to basically say like, you know, we we had we were distracted by other people, and you know, thank God that we found each other again because otherwise I, I would have spent fifty years kicking myself. Like you would have spent fifty years kicking yourself for ending up with a person who probably would have like really loved you. Yeah, for like being in probably a healthier relationship with Spencer. Yeah, or whoever. Like what the fuck? There is nothing about Caleb and Hannah's previous relationship besides that it was their first love that in any way justifies the fact that he's been waiting around for this person. Like, f- for what? What What has he been waiting around for? And what was the draw? I just don't... I, there's no chemistry between these two fucking people. Yeah, I feel that way about all these relationships. I mean, I think the Ezra-Aria reconnection over the book, like, it, despite, you know, obviously, like, our, our grievances with that character, like, that relationship might be the most authentic of all of them, mm-hmm. you know? Because now it's like, oh, we're adults, and it's not illegal to do this, and I, you, you still, I still find you attractive, and I mean, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that that's the one that feels sort of the most natural for Arya to bail on her like dumb New York boyfriend right. or whatever. Uh, but you know, of course, she has to do so for a sex criminal, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just to be blunt about it. Yeah. And yeah, the Caleb Hannah relationship sucks. Because, yeah, I don't know. The Allison and Emily like, relationship is just awkward. I actually, I think I really like the way they handled it in the last couple episodes. But, yeah, that comes out of, like, this horrible traumatic thing. Right. That's not really necessarily being, I think they're doing the best job they can of working that in. But it does feel this was a forced thing to get the, to force these characters together, you know. It's just, I mean, like, I would like to see a relationship on the show that isn't either the uh fortunate consequence of something unfortunate or uh that actually has some sort of like solid background behind it and and really the only relationship that has ever felt that way was uh was Spencer and Caleb I agree um or maybe Spencer and Toby yeah you know yeah. otherwise it's just sort of like 
I don't know. It just feels like fan service, like fan service before the fans even knew what they wanted. Right. Right. Well, it's sort of like in, you know, in Gossip Girl, uh, Dan and Serena get together like three times. And so they're dating early on. And it's like this whole thing because he's like from Brooklyn and, you know, and it's like this whole like classic class warfare Romeo and Juliet or whatever situation. Um, and then they sort of get back together later and they're going out for a while and it's all sexy and fun. And then they sort of realize like we never really grappled with any of the things that split us apart the first time. And so we should actually probably break up because those problems still exist. And then of course they get together again at the end because the show's dumb and, and forced it, you know, uh, and Dan is gossip girl as a way of like, equalizing them essentially yeah it's stupid but it's like the same situation where they're this couple that the show tells us repeatedly does not work and then dan and blair get together and actually have things in common and chemistry and it's like whoa this is actually really interesting but it had the same issue of like we need to go back to this foundational relationship that the show was always revolved around as opposed to like following the the authentic chemistry or the the where the characters have gone and it's just like the writer's room clamping and the fans just stepping on the character growth and being like nope 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 we don't want to follow this person into what they would actually do yeah you know i mean obviously they're all fictional characters but into what would feel natural for them we don't want that we want to go back into this four situation and it just feels like the show has done that with literally every character and it makes watching these like emotional moments kind of a bummer because they i just don't like any of them no i mean i have two thoughts about that one is uh we've spent seven seasons with these characters right i think it's perfectly perfectly reasonable as fans as dedicated uh viewers to to understand what feels natural and what doesn't um my second thought is that we have to remember why Hannah and Caleb broke up in the first place. Now, I'm not in any way saying that the following can't be uh, can't be a realistic reason for young people to break up, and that you know if they get back together later, they're older and wiser, and so they understand the pettier reasons why they broke up in the first place. But they're getting back together under the duress of like playing this fucking game where a right. crazy person's manipulating them, and it's like you're going to propose under these circumstances. Like it just feels super. Uh, it it doesn't feel good at all because it's coming under this crazy situation and like Hannah says to Caleb like did you say this to distract my mom from like our crime obstruction and he's like no I meant it babe <laughs> and it's just like but okay of course you me- I mean I, I don't mean, I don't, I don't believe know, that just, he doesn't mean it but no I, mean. I, I agree but it's just like can't you kind of try to get through this insane situation and then like deal with your feelings and try to have a healthy relationship. Right. It, well, I mean, that's all, the, these, all these characters are like 23 years old. So right. we're not supposed to think that they're like, you know, geniuses, mature romantic geniuses, but come on. Also they broke up. So this, they broke up because Hannah was too busy pursuing her career in fashion. Uh, and was prioritizing that over her relationship with Caleb. Mm hmm. And, you know, and he basically didn't have, he hated New York and didn't have any sort of like big career leads, which I'm, which is kind of ridiculous considering his, you know, superb uh, skills on computers. Yeah, he's now Mona. Right, true. But um, they broke up because of that. Like, that's, that's why they broke up is because she was prioritizing her career over her relationship with, with Caleb, which in the grand scheme of things makes sense. And now the only thing that has changed, the only thing is that Hannah's career is not going anywhere. Yeah, Hannah <laughs> Hannah is living rent free at Lucas's house and now Caleb is living rent free mm-hmm. at Lucas's house and like Lucas is probably never going to be in the show again and they're not they're, he's not working with Hannah anymore because he like lost all his money investing in her company which went under i guess so it's like which hannah hasn't told her mom because hannah's making up some bullshit about using uh lucas's car or something right right which is her office which is ridiculous because it's like what what the fuck you're not doing shit hannah yeah so she's basically like made a made a just floundered around just destroyed you know set her career on fire essentially uh and Kayla was supposed to be like, 
all right, cool. Yeah. Now we can be together. Right. And, <laughs> it feels and, really weird. And and Caleb is like, you know, I just, I feel like this is sort of a representation of a relationship and not an actual, I mean, it's, it's fictional again. I understand that, but it's not, it's not a real relationship. Caleb says that he supports Hannah in her fashion goals because that's what he's supposed to do. But if he actually supported her, he'd be like, why don't you like go fucking do something? Like I, I understand your or or like you're experiencing this trauma. Let's get through this first before we any make make any big life decisions. Right. But like the fact that the fact that the the reason that they broke up was because of Hannah's career, and that the reason they're get and that they're together now, and Hannah doesn't have a career. It feels like nothing has changed. Nothing was solved. If Hannah actually like starts up her fashion company or whatever. Like, who's not to say that she's not going to do the exact same thing because she's had no experience that has proven otherwise that she can handle a relationship and a fashion career at the same time. The only thing that has proven was her past relationship with her ex-fiance. Right. But given that situation, he had a whole other life to keep him distracted from the fact that Hannah was interning with a shitty person. Right. No, it's true. And that, you know, she obviously did not handle that situation with any maturity or aplomb mm-hmm. or whatever. And I think the show, you know, it's trying to do a lot this season. And one of the things it has done is really not treat, uh, not allow Hannah to have any kind of growth or maturity in this season at all, really. You know, she's just been like uh, almost in the way where Arya was the romantic relief in previous seasons. In this yeah. season, Hannah is just like, you know, um, reckless Hannah, who's like, we need to do this now. Why is this blah, 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 blah? And it's just like, I don't know if it's the writers just playing into something that's easy or the actress just playing this character who she's bored with and ready to move on from. But it doesn't really feel like that character has gotten a lot to do. And uh, I don't know. It's interesting to see what the characters have been assigned in this sort of goodbye season and like Mm. where the writers want to take them. And I don't really think she's been taken anywhere interesting necessarily. Um, I mean, the person who's had maybe the uh, heaviest arcs were, have been Emily and, uh, and Spencer. And, you know, we, I watched really carefully this episode for like any twin theory situations. And I felt like it was pretty much just Spencer. Yeah. You know, the clothes were the same. She didn't pop up randomly talking to Ren in an airport. Her hair was very frizzy. So it's all felt like one character. Yeah. But that character has just radically transformed from the character we saw in early seasons, who was like the smartest person in the room. Right. And who was in command of the of the investigation and mm-hmm. who was trying to solve it and who was obsessive and uh, wanted to succeed and all, you know, all these sort of traits that have just been wiped right out of her. And now she's just like, man, my family's crazy and I'm just going to deal with this like Mary Drake situation. And I still think that plot twist was dumb, Yeah, you know, because all it does to do, all it does is like make Spencer's life way messier and neutralizes her as an interesting character and lets Mary just hang around and be a murderer. And I don't understand like so, what, what the point is. Really. So were you just supposed to assume that this is all solved now? This is done. Well, it's like who's. I gonna... feel like I feel like we said goodbye to Mary Drake, basically. Yeah, which I don't feel was very satisfying. I mean, no, not at all. They sort of had this emotional meeting, and but like, wouldn't it have been better for Spencer to st- to say instead of like, oh, I forgive you, but I can't go with you? Why couldn't she have just been like, listen, I want you to be in my life, and I want to get to know you. I just don't want to like. Go out on the run like Bonnie and Clyde because that's fucked up. Yeah, like, you know? I mean, like, I'm wasn't, sorry isn't that there an in between. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, why can't you just sort of hang around here? Are you? I don't. I don't want to de- develop a relationship with my new mom. Uh, under like more traumatic, like all, all this whole situation is just one traumatic experience after another. Yes. None of these relationships should be made to thrive, especially brand new relationships under such, such circumstances. So for Mary Drake to think that, the, like, I mean, granted, she might have a lot of, like, 
other things in her brain that are are, are making her delusional or or making her understanding of reality a bit skewed. But uh, at the same time, it's just like there is no other outcome for the situation for Spencer than to say, no, I'm not going to go on the run with you, but I'm I'm glad that I know that you're my mom. Like there's no... All this stuff with the all this stuff with the Hastings just doesn't feel in any way like it's going anywhere, and that's why it's just sort of like I think this is the end of it now. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Well, and it's like, what is the big? How does Spencer grow from this situation? Like, oh, my family was a lie, and this murderer lady is my mom, but I can come to grips with that, you know? Yeah. And it's like, okay, which. What are we supposed to take from that? I mean, like, are, is the lesson that this explains, you know, why you went to Radley Spencer or why you have these problems that you never understood or that like you weren't this perfect Hastings daughter. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I don't know. That doesn't she actually was a very like successful put together person and went out of high school and grew up. And I think what's really frustrating to me is that the show did this five years forward. And it gave all these characters a chance to grow up and become adults. And it has repeatedly said, we're adults now. We don't do this anymore, blah, blah, blah. And yet it has really reduced them all back to just these messy high schoolers. Mm -hmm. And it's really frustrating that the show gave us a glimpse. Even this season has given us glimpses of like this more mature uh, adult reality and then just sort of refuses to let that happen. Right. Like it refuses to let that be the direction of the show. And if the show had never given us that, I wouldn't expect it and we'd be having a different conversation. You know, the standards would be lower. So it's only because the show has given us this glimpse of this possible future that I find it hard to watch now that it has just pivoted and driven right back to where it started in a way. And yet we still have so many dangling threads, which the the the, the, the twincer theory has not in any way been resolved. Right. Uh why did why was she Where's Melissa? Why was she talking to Ren? Yeah, what what's up with this dangling Ren thing that just pops up for two seconds and never comes back? We only um, have three episodes left. I know, and there they is... spent and they spent so much time in this episode with Arya having a weird song and dance like uh... black and white dream. So I, I mean, I I give I give credit to I give credit to Pretty Little Liars for the am, the weird ambition that they had in this whole set piece. I enjoy watching Ezra Fitz getting the shit pummeled out of him. Um, that man deserves to go to jail and be beaten up. Uh, there's something odd about the way that that musical number happened. Um, it was not shot like a musical number. It it, it felt more like it, it just wasn't like, it wasn't like, I don't even know how to describe it. It didn't feel like a musical number, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of the point of it, but I'm not sure if it totally succeeded in what it, whatever it was trying to do. Um, but I did enjoy uh, Spencer's mom calling Arya a selfish little bitch and saying that she wouldn't... <laughs> I wouldn't piss on you if you were on fire. <laughs> yeah, that was incredible. That was some, that was some A plus dialogue. Yeah, there was another great line in there somewhere. There was a great bit of Hannah dialogue, and I can't remember what it was, but it was right. There was like a, a funny back and forth right in the middle of the episode. Um, what did you think of that musical number? I thought it was just super weird, and you know, one of these sort of indulgent throwback things that the show likes to do to show its influences or whatever. Um, so it's fine. I don't, you know, whenever the show goes into dream sequence land, like it's just not my, it's never my favorite, but I also am not mad at it because it's just the show being the show. Yeah. Uh, and I wonder like, uh, but I, it, it's surprising that that would be like the way they try to grapple with Aria's like inner darkness, you know, Aria dealing with her trauma of, of like being a traitor to her friends. Like she has this, weird ass musical number dream like that's what's inside of Arya's brain it's like mm-hmm. oh okay sure yeah and then she wakes up to uh her and Fitz are watching blackboard jungle mm-hmm. which is a movie that i i've seen recently it's from the 50s one of sydney poitier's first 
roles. But it's a. I don't understand. I don't know if it was out of all the movies to use to watch. I mean, I understand that like Fitz wa- likes to watch old movies. Uh, um, but it's a movie about uh, a teacher going to an inner city school and you know, like like sort of like dangerous minds kind of thing. Um, I don't know if it's supposed to imply that like this, the strange relationship between student and 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 teacher i mean like there's no there's no like parallels between the completely inappropriate relationship that uh, as her head with aria i don't know it's just a strange movie to i mean you gotta buy the rights to that if you're gonna show it right so it has it should have been like a purposeful reference right exactly and yet probably was not right anyway um i think the director's i want to say george stevens uh but um yeah, th- th- I mean that whole sequence felt really, really odd. I don't know why Mona was leading it, unless that I mean is the purpose that we're supposed to like the last scene in the in the episode to feel like Mona is part of the A team. I don't feel that way. I, I agree. Um, I thought the okay. Let's talk. I about feel like the... so when we when we first saw Ezra's lair, right? Like he's it's just it's it's. The show is positioning you. It's a red herring to think for you to think that like. I don't think I used it's that a right. no. It's a red herring. Yeah, yeah. You're supposed to think that she's bad, but she actually she's just like she's not figuring the shit out. Yeah, because otherwise, if it was gonna do that reveal with three episodes to go, I don't know. She would have had a hoodie in her closet or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just the fact that you see all this stuff on the wall. I think what you're supposed to think, or what I took from it, is. Oh, this is like True Detective, where she has been drawn back into the game and it was obsessing over it, and it's becoming her life. And you see the sort of uh, the danger and the addiction of getting into this stuff and in playing with people's lives and in these sort of, you know, extra detective work, meta detective. I don't know, beyond, you know, uh, vigilante detectivism. Yeah. That kind of thing. And, yeah, I think you're supposed to be like, oh, my God, she has, like, this thing of the game on the wall. Does that mean she made the game? And it's like, no, she's trying to figure out the game. Right. You know, she's trying to solve it. And she, like, and she got the she got the shovels to protect yes, the Yes, she got the shovels that Hannah was looking for, which was a wonderful touch. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I enjoyed that. I really, we were talking, we've been talking for a long time about wanting Mona to be, live up to her potential and they definitely did it, thank God. Yeah, it, I don't understand why it just felt so drawn out. Because it's like, for, what, three or four episodes now, we've been wanting Hannah to bring Mona into the game because we know what she's capable of. And so it finally happens, and then Mona's just like, or Hannah's just like, well, why wouldn't I have done this earlier? Mm-hmm. You know? Well, and because, like, of, yeah, the, and no because of the trust issues conversation they have earlier, too, mm-hmm. which was a good conversation. Yeah. Um, anyway, glad glad Mona's back. She's yes. obviously more capable than anyone. I yes. don't understand why Spencer's still like bent out of shape about it when Spencer knows perfectly well what Mona is capable of. That's not like Spencer's doing anything, right? Well, and yeah, Spencer has been super weird and a downer, and you know we've been talking about it as like a potential twin situation for the last few episodes, and I have wanted to not really believe in that because I just don't see the evidence necessarily mm-hmm. uh and it would be just like one more insane thing to do on top of the already insane thing of having mary drake be her mom you know it's like how many crazy things can you do in this family before it becomes <laughs> you know i feel like they're already past the point where it feels uh believable or interesting yeah uh so i really do not want to believe put everything on a twin and so without that twin to exist we just have to believe that Spencer is just kind of all over the place and is like not really helping out with solving anything. And is just kind of a useless character outside of her own emotional uh, situation this season, which is a bummer. Yeah. Cause it does feel like a really sort of, uh, I don't know, just a, a boring, I mean, way, a boring way to, to, to bring this character to a close. Like, yeah, what? And it's like that she's, she's finally experiencing like, a, a true emotional unraveling? I don't know. Well, and it's like, especially after, in the previous season, 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 she comes to work for her mom, for Mrs. Haste, the woman she knows as her mom. Mm-hmm. You know, they work on this campaign together. It's like this bonding experience for them. 
it's like really contrary to that where you had this really powerful like you had a deepening of their family mm-hmm. uh, and this really nice bonding between the two of them and now you kind of uh, and you know and her mom being sick too yeah which was a whole thing right that's right yeah totally and, forgot about that and to throw that out and be like oh this isn't your real mom it's just like why did you do all that work then and I feel like they've done that with so many so many things on the show in the flash forward of like you did all this work with uh, Spencer and Caleb and all this stuff that they worked really hard to develop and to justify and to show as a sign of growth. Yeah. And now they're just like, let's eh, just throw it all out the window. Right. And so it feels super messy and I don't really have a strong, you know, there have been some great episodes this season and this always happens where the show is really good for a minute and then it sort of sinks into like mid season funk and it doesn't feel like they're going to bring it in to stick a landing that feels good. But we'll see another episode tomorrow and then two more to go. And I guess we'll find out. <laughs> For some reason, I'm I am now thinking of I mean, I'm, I'm fixating on this conversation with Ren. And uh, yeah, the show is like you're in the final season. You don't throw that shit in there for no reason. Uh, Are you kidding me? What What even makes it worse is that, you know, what if they do? It'll be oh terrible. That would be like. That would be really like a, we're just doing this to piss you off. We're just doing this to mess with you, which yeah. is, which is you know, insulting. I mean, why even pay that actor to come back mm-hmm. if that if there's nothing there? I mean, I don't even think... Just, he... just to show him one more time, just to like have a quote-unquote goodbye scene? Right. Well, then where's Melissa? Yeah. Um, that was a depressing hotel airport bar as well. Yeah. It looked like a, like a, like a prison lunchroom. Um. Yeah, so I don't know. I just I feel like at this point, all this stuff is just sort of like rolling off my back because it's just like I don't know. There's nothing that the show can really do to hurt my feelings anymore. Yeah. To uh, I just I just like like what I was saying. Like the series finale is going to be the wedding, and I just. Uh, it's not going to be anything. It's not going to be anything that's going to please me. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. <laughs> I know. It's like it's. I I agree. I'm looking forward to the reveals. I'm looking forward to seeing everything come together. But um, I feel like the the show has, you know, this episode was really a feelings episode and not a plot episode. Mm. And the plot stuff that happened was fine, but whatever, you know. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I would like for the feelings and the, for the character stuff and the plot stuff to not be disconnected. That's, I think, my problem with the show right now is that they're sort of running in parallel mm-hmm. and as opposed to sort of being wrapped up in each other, which would actually be good and, and believable storytelling. So sometimes the show does that, but not this week. I mean, the closest that it's come is when uh, Ezra is trying to... I mean the whole the whole conversation with between Ezra and Arya, Ezra's trying to play Arya, what he thinks is a good wedding song, mm-hmm. the Ingrid Mickelson song, and Arya's just like obviously not paying attention, or doesn't care, or is just wrapped up in her own uh, worries, and I mean that's the idea that she is playing the game and so can't emotionally connect to Ezra I mean that's I guess that's kind of bridging that gap right but but then why does Ezra say I know what's wrong with you I know what the problem is here and let me bring up this thing from high school right as opposed to being like hey what's wrong like you've been really out of sorts lately and I know things have been crazy lately why don't we talk about it and it's like why don't these characters just you know have real conversations or like ask questions or try to, I don't know. It's, it feels like so many of these conversations are just sloppy in order to create a plot point. And they've never, whatever they've never talked about this before. They haven't talked about like in all the planning of this wedding and all the shit that's been going on with Nicole. Yeah. And all the getting back together. They wrote a fucking book together. I know. And never once did Ezra ever say like, listen, we really got to talk about the fact that I fucking stalked you and your friends for, uh, a couple of years yeah. and I never wrote that. Remember we, we wrote a book to remember how you and I wrote a book together. Remember how I said I was going to write this other book that I never actually wrote. Yeah. It's, it's really, 
it's really intense for him to bring that up. And I think they only did it to parallel Arya getting the this file that she wrote and those feelings coming back. But the two were disconnected and there's no reason for that to have come back up. But I know. Yeah. For it's, such it's a fine. big motivating reason for Arya yeah. to have her like be a because she's afraid of what this would do to Ezra. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, I know that was bad. It's chill. We're past that now. Right. It's this. It, the 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 moral weight of all of these things are it's not adding up and right. it's not enough it's yeah. not w- enough weight it's I just it's, i mean it's the same it's the same shit with emily and allison it's the shame it's it's a different shade of shit for uh hannah and caleb it's a different shade of shit for spencer mm-hmm. it's just all of these heavy things weigh fucking nothing as we're getting to the end here right and it's just like I was really excited about this idea that the show is finally starting to explore the emotional toll of trauma. And the conclusion of all of that is that it weighs nothing and you can just shrug it off. Right, right. You can find true love and that's all your... Yeah, and that, yeah, true love will extricate all that trauma from you. Right. Well, I mean, it, and it doesn't in Arya's case. She is still absolutely dealing with it. But I don't know. It's it's a very messy show right now. I mean, Arya. Ar- so Arya gets the file back. She finds she gets so she two gets, puzzle pieces. So she gets the file back. She gets her two puzzle pieces, and Spencer is obviously going to figure out, or Mona is going to figure out that it was Arya, and that's going to create some drama in next episode. But yep. I, you know, I really wonder what what's going to happen. I'm really excited for the episode in a week from now, which will definitely leave us with a cliffhanger to go into the finale. Yeah. And so that I'm really excited to. I just I'm ready to see what I'm ready to find out what happens. I'm I'm ready, I'm ready to I'm find out what's happening so it can just be solve, over. I'm ready for it to be over. I'm ready to solve the puzzle. We've given this show so many. I'm ready hours. to say goodbye to this show. We've given this show so many hours of our lives. Mm. I mean, all the hours of this podcast times two for watching the episodes. Oh my god! Yeah, we've spent a lot of time with this. We have. And what's funny is that there's so much stuff that we're forgetting. Oh, I know. I mean, there's a lot of things like like we were we were even debating when watching it. Like, did 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 Arya like writing a draft of this report? Did that ever come up before? Yeah, was that I a don't thing? Remember. I can't remember. I don't know. Our listeners know who who can. Did say? this has this been brought up before, listeners, or is this a total like shock of a revelation? Yeah, is this is this like actually the show doing a good job of going through its archives, or is this like just this random thing that we were we didn't know about at all? Yeah. I, mean, I regardless, know. I, I guess, guess we could we could look on Tumblr and find out. There's something to the idea that Arya is still is still very aware of the the less than ideal dynamic that she has with her supposed soulmate, right? Um, but it's just I don't know. I don't remember this ever being a thing. Maybe they'll break up. Oh my god! Oh my. I- that would be awesome. That would be so good. That would not happen. It won't happen. They're going to have I a fucking know. wedding and they're going to get fucking married. There's several hours of show left. It could go in all kinds of left turns. We I mean, we, you know what? Considering that there's three episodes left, yeah. and I'm sure that the, the last episode will be like extra long, Yeah. Um, we basically have like a movie left. Yep. About maybe... Well, actually, so there's... Episodes are about 40, 42 minutes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we have about a long movie left. We have about uh, we have like the, the Lord f- of the Rings. We have the Fate of the Furious left. Yeah, we have like the, fate, <laughs> the fate of the the fate of the Pretty Little Liars. Uh, 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 we the only one thing we didn't mention uh, we can say this real quick is uh, Detective Fury fumbling around. Yeah, just being like a shitty de- stalking everybody, being confronting. a bad detective. Yeah, bad detective. Port of Call Rosewood. Yeah, a film by Werner Herzog. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Spencer was really mean to him, which also was like, is this just like Spencer's deal now that she's just kind of being a dick to Fury? Like is it? Well, is it just his thing now? now that he's bad at his fucking job that he's basically stumbling into these like major ethical conflicts constantly? Detective conflict, fucking this shit up. Bad detective conflict. Yeah, he's a mess. He sucks. Yeah. Okay. That's enough about that. <laughs> do you want to do uh, beer sponsors? Fake beer sponsor Fake time. beer sponsors. So if you are new to the show, we don't actually have commercials or sponsors, as many podcasts do. Uh, but we like to do fake beer sponsors to tell you what we're drinking. Uh, Should we pause for the theme song? We're going to pause for the theme song.
That was beautiful. Uh, okay. So I'm having a Deschutes American Wheat Ale, which was in Dom's fridge. Uh, pretty nice summer beer. I enjoyed it. Was it good? Yeah, it's solid. Awesome. Um, I am having a Hop Valley Citrus Mistress. It's an IPA brewed with. Uh, it's a. I think it's hops and grapefruit peel. Nice. It's by Hop Valley, which I believe is out of Eugene. Oh, that's a good one. Um, yes, it was, it's, it's very tasty. I've had it many times before. Hop Valley, uh, good, good brewery. That's our fake beer sponsors. If you'd like to sponsor us as we, <laughs> as we figure out what this podcast is going to be in the future, please contact us. Yeah. And you can, uh, find us always, uh, on Twitter at PLGM podcast. Uh, let us know what you think about this season. We're sorry we're late this week. We will be on time tomorrow, and I'll cut up for your spoilering enjoyment. Uh, yes, and um, if you write us a review, we will read it. That's true. Uh, we will. It doesn't matter what kind of review it is. I'm pretty sure that we don't have any new reviews. I think I looked. We can check tomorrow. So if you hear this podcast <laughs> on Tuesday and you want to review us on iTunes, we can read it on the next night's podcast. We really will. You can insult us and stuff. I mean, you know... We might cry about it later, but we'll be big boys on the podcast. I mean, this is a show about feelings, <laughs> so it's about it's about the emotional trauma of getting older. <laughs> it's about the emotional trauma of watching Pretty Little Liars stumble to the conclusion. No, I don't know. We'll see. There have been some there have been some really nice moments in this season. Some really well done stuff. It's just like I think it shows how deep we are into caring about the characters and into the show at its best that the show treating characters, taking characters in certain directions or treating certain things the way they have makes us feel like, well, this was not a good idea. Why would you do that? It hurts to care, Dave. It does. It does. Well, uh, until next time, it hurts to care, bitches. Keeping. I know what you're keeping. I know what you're keeping. Swore you never tell.